Hey, everybody. We did it, George. Yes, we did. Episode 100. What a milestone. What a milestone. This is the first real milestone of all our podcasts, if you really think about it, because we're at 45 with um, Station 007. So we really haven't gotten to like, you know, like a 50th or anything like that. And we're, I think, like 20, I guess 25 with uh, Big Geek, but 100, 100 episodes. We've been going for, you know, almost you know i mean that's that's really that's like two years worth of content right there if you think about yeah, it because because we, 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 like, we've we've had multiple months. yeah we've had multiple episodes each week so but anyway everybody welcome back to um the multiverse uh picky carriage welcome back to the multiverse movie podcast i am your host dean holtz alpha with me as always is george rogers hello hello and here we are and we're doing a we're doing a, a an all time classic today for the hundredth episode, and that's going to be Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. But before we get into that, I'm going to ask George a quick question, since it's the hundredth episode. It's a milestone. I can't believe it. So, George, of all of our shows, what is your favorite one we've done? Hey, that guy who just traded me out, uh, Adam Thielen last week has probably kicked himself in the ass because he got me a touchdown already. <laughs> nice. Anyway, I digress. Oh, my my God. I mean, we've had we've had so many. Yeah, we have. Oh, give me two. Tens, give me two. Give me two. The top the top tens we were doing in the beginning were uh, were, were some big fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I have to really think about this. You know, uh, <clears throat> I mean, how do you? How do you pick one? Yeah, it's hard. Because some of these, I mean, because I don't think we've had any like bad episodes. Um, but I, th- I think we've had some. I think we've had some, some really, uh, some, some really good ones. Have some. We had some fun ones. Uh-huh. I mean, our Back to the Future pod, our Back to the Future episode was always, was always a lot of fun because you know we we always enjoy talking about that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, the our top ten countdowns, specifically uh-huh. the. Um, the our top 10 christmas songs from last year mm-hmm. that was done while i was getting my hair dyed oh yeah that's right <laughs> yeah, i'm gonna do it again this year too. even though even though the top 10s kind of ceased on the channel they've migrated over to biggie carriage mm-hmm. um nothing wrong with that we can focus more on the, on the review side of things here um you know i think i still think my favorite thing we do is the six 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 weeks of horror um oh. it's just a barrel of fun I would say probably my two favorite podcasts we've done on here is, I mean, I got to say definitely the Snyder cut. Um, it's our, cause it's first of all, it's our longest podcast to date. Yeah. Um, but that really, I mean, you gotta think about it, the podcast launched on the back of the Snyder cut news. Mm-hmm. So that was like the culmination of, you know, the year that we had spent that we 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 launched the show wanting to do reviews but that first show was basically the, the we talked about that announcement because it was like the two days later um and then about just about a year you know maybe i think a little less than a year later we got the actual movie um and of course the, with the movie it resonated with me so much I, I would say that one um and i think um I really did like doing a new hope for my birthday, but, um, man, I had just had one on the tip of my tongue. I just had, you know, I'll get, I'll get back to that. Everybody. I'll, I'll get back to that one. So George and George and, uh, 
It's definitely not one we've done with Chris. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely should have put that at the end of the crawl. I didn't even think of it. Don't worry. We have a ton more uh, uh, Back to the Future. Ton more Star Wars movies to do. I got I, no, we know we finished Back to the Future. We don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, we got we got uh, I got plenty more Star Wars movies that I came from to put that at the end of there. So, <laughs> I mean, um, coming for your booty hole. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I'll be honest with you, I really did enjoy talking about uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife last week. Yeah. Um, you know, with Eric, I mean, that was fun, I and mean, that was a movie that you know made us all cry like babies. Um, weep, weep, weep. weep weeping um trying to go through the list here that's so so many fucking shows i mean the back to the future ones are great you know they mean a lot to us those movies so um doing yeah. uh picking up the six 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 weeks of horror right at halloween two from last year yeah that was yeah uh, that was clever I, I you know i loved last year's six 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 weeks of harder because i'm just scrolling through right here listen to this lineup that we did last year guys of six 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 weeks all right i'll start like part one right oh well hold on oh all right <laughs> i mean we did the thing the fog salem's lot um the shining the lost boys near dark scream we did the 13 worst horror sequels and remakes frighteners hellraiser from beyond nightmare on elm street Jason takes Manhattan and then the first Halloween. Like, how the hell are we gonna top that this year? Yeah. It was like, what did we set ourselves up? We're how what did we rethinking last year? Yeah, we went right to the fences. We're like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't I I really liked our Doom Patrol cover, uh, Doom Patrol, uh, Do, uh DC fandom coverage from last year. Yeah. That was that was a good episode. Uh we also except, did except it buried mannequin. <laughs> yeah, it did, unfortunately. I'm trying to think, we definitely talked about. I'm trying to find the episode. I had a lot of fun talking about um man, what what fucking it had to be on the back of one of either Jurassic Park or something. We when we talked about Disney Investor Day a little bit. That was a fun episode because then you oh, you know what? That might have been when you were dying your hair. Yeah. So, so that might have been. Yeah, because I had Christmas to because song. I had to because I had to leave to to rent. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I kept I kept waffling on. Yeah, yeah. So that must have been uh either at the beginning or the end of the of the top ten. So um it was somewhere around that time period. But um yeah, I've I've had a lot of fun with this with this podcast. Um it's my favorite podcast that we do. And that's no disrespect to Biggie Garrity with Chris and it's all or, disrespect you know, to Biggie Garrity with Chris. Well, it's all disrespect to Chris. Um <laughs> <laughs> um but it, out of the three that we do and you know let everybody know um you know i i chris is launching another podcast at the beginning of the year um i i assume I, the way he put it towards me that i'm a co-host of it i don't know i'm i guess like a regular i or an everyday i don't know but it's going to be a phillies podcast um i know there's going to be another guy we went to school with jason ken he's going to be on it too um of course, when I asked him when we were over there at Survivor Series, he kind of was like, well, I got to figure it out and then like didn't answer the rest of my question. So I'm still not sure how that podcast is going to go. So but I'm looking forward to that, too. It's um, not. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm looking forward to that, too. Uh, you know, when we were when we were talking, you know, remember those like three weeks, Chris relaunched the hot tag. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed that, too. And then he just gave up. Um, 
Yeah, he relaunched it, and all of a sudden he's like, I hate wrestling now. Yeah, he didn't even he didn't even want to talk about like old stuff anymore. But no, this is definitely my favorite podcast that we do. Um, and I just love reviewing movies. And I think I think this is this is fun. I don't care how many viewers we get or don't get. Like it doesn't bother me. You know, uh, I just have fun talking to, about movies with, uh, you know, my best friend. It sounds I don't care if it sounds gay. Mojito. It's not gay drink. Mojito. But uh, but yeah, and it's easy to come up with content. You know, I will say we I think we struggle a little bit that with Bond, which is probably why we really haven't come back for season four yet. But uh, also and we've been busy, too. But um, but anyway. Any hooser. I'm a busy man. I got things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Slaying puss and taking ass. I don't think I do that. Yeah, you do. You take Chris's ass. <laughs> well, it's because he gives it. Yeah. He likes the taste of cum. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get a text message later. That's just going to say the disrespect. <laughs> Oh man, beautiful. So um all right. You want to rock and roll into this review? Let's roll. All right. All right, George, you know the first question. Yep. When did you first see Empire Strikes Back? First time was today. Wow. No. Wow. <laughs> what kind of how big of a rock are you living under? <laughs> D rock. Yeah. A six foot five, two hundred and seventy pound rock. But it was Flex Cavana. Oh God! <laughs> Oof. Oof. No, nah, I mean I was young when I saw. I mean, I'm across. Je- Jedi was the first one that I saw, and then mm-hmm. I saw this um, probably not long afterwards. I was a kid. I was I was maybe nine or ten or so when I saw this. Mm-hmm. Always enjoyed it. Always, uh, always, always been a big fan of the darker tone of this movie compared to the others. Um, plus the the smoothest man in the universe. I don't have to tell you. No, you don't. No, sir. So, yeah, I mean, everybody knows I will, you know, I, I, how many times I got to say, you know, I've been a fan of Star Wars for 30 fucking years, pretty much, you know, um, this one, I couldn't even tell you when I first saw this one, you know I mean? It's, it's one of those movies where it's just, it, it was like, I, I was born when this was already in my head, you know, it's like, I saw it already. Um, you know, and I always, even though I, it, which is funny, and you're gonna, you're gonna think this is funny because you know how much I despise the cold weather and the snow. But I absolutely love Hoth. Like I just think it's the coolest of all the it, settings in Star Wars. It was the coolest fucking setting it, they did. It's because you physically don't have to be there to experience the cold. Yeah, that's true. So you're like, hey, that looks good. I don't want to be there. I mean, this, the snow speeders were stirred their coolest ship and well, you know, uh, rebel oh, alliance yeah. ship, yeah. The, the rebel, the coolest rebel alliance ship. I mean, um, you know, um, I loved, uh, you know, even though I'm, I'm a fan of Luke's, I'm, I'm a fan of the green lightsaber, but like the blue looks really good in the snow and it, it, the blue looks really good in this movie in general on the lightsaber, you know, but it's, I just thought it was cool. Like it, it's, I don't know, the, uh, the rebel trooper outfits, you know, the, the, the and who doesn't love the snowtroopers from the empire you know what i mean it's just so cool and then of course vader walks and he's like all right everybody as the falcons find a way he's like all right everything's all right here you know the classic uh hands on the hips pose um falcons flying away he's like ah this shit again well someone's getting killed for this (laughs) i think also a big reason why i'm a fan of hoth is because that is the first level 
of Shadows of the Empire. Oh, you're in you're in Hoth. You're escaping Hoth. Um, and the music is great, too. You know, with the with the Battle of Hoth. And then, you know, when uh, I can never remember the dude's name, he's he's rogue. Uh, he's rogue three, I think. Or, no, he's rogue two. And he's the one that's flying across and he finds Luke and Han. Um, <clears throat> so Car- Carlos Spicy Wiener. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I, I've, I've always loved this movie and I've, I've never made any bones about it. It's, it's I think it's the best of the franchise. And, um, you know, it is my favorite. You know, there are days where I'll say Jedi is my favorite because I think Jedi um, has some of my favorite parts of the franchise. But I still think Empire is my favorite of of the franchise. Um, it's got my favorite look of Han with the jacket, you know. The introduction of Billy D, you know, who doesn't love that? Hello, what have we here? You know, the introduction of Boba Fett, you know, my second favorite character of all time after Han. So it's like you just and and of course, Bosk, you know, ah, that's the only words he says in the entire saga. Ah. I thought your favorite character in this movie was Zookas. Yeah, it's it's not Dengar, I'll tell you that much. Nobody likes Dengar. Not not on my watch. Mm -mm, No, sir. So, um, get the fuck out of my bounty hunter meeting. <laughs> but, um, so, but I mean, it, and it's given us two of the most iconic lines in movie history. Mm-hmm. You know, Luke, I am your father, and, you know, I love you. I know, you know, it's yeah. even you got it wrong. It's no, I am your father, not Luke, I am your father. Even oh, I, you did, got, did I say that? Oh, you I, got oh. it wrong. My that's mistake. Not, yeah. That's not like you because you're always the one correcting everybody yeah. else. Uh, I it just it was a the slip of the tongue, slip of the tongue. Uh, so George, you want to take us away? Uh, you're supposed to take us away. Do you think you're I know that by now? Yeah, 100, yeah, 100 uh, episodes, uh, 100 you still can't get it right. <laughs> Ass. <laughs> so, uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, without any further waffling or ado, Star Wars Episode 5 The Empire Strikes Back. Five Sorry, Five. I had to scroll down. Um, where are we? Released May 6th, 1980 at the Dominion Theater, which I believe is uh, in London. Cool. I wanted to give you guys the location. Then May 21st, 1980 in the United States on a budget of $30.5 million with a box. Off. Now, hold on. Let me scroll down because this is saying 538 to 549 million. So I wonder if there is a section here that breaks it down. If that's like the original, I can't imagine that being. Hold on, let me. Uh, I got. Hold on, I got you. I got you, fam. Okay. Um, the initial box office gross was 181 million. All right, cool, cool. Still a massive. Yeah, massive. still number one of the year in 1980. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So okay, here, where where did you say, George? 181. Okay. Yeah. Point three million. Okay. Yeah. It says it's making the highest gro- highest grossing film of the year. Yeah. And um, that's where I collected to find the to get the got, list. Gotcha. I, I assume that I, I assume that is through <laughs> other re-releases and special edition re-releases in theaters. Of course. So. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, we never got this one in 3D. Um, no. because Lucas and I know I touched on this when we talked about A New Hope. Um, Lucas had his before he sold the company off his plan was to do all six movies in 3D the only movie he did was The Phantom Menace so uh, and then he sold the company so 
<clears throat> and I'm actually surprised Disney didn't uh, didn't do it because that'd make them, you know, putting all the movies in. I'm actually surprised at this point Disney hasn't done that. Put the movies back in theaters. You're going to make money. Everybody's going to want to see these movies in theaters. Well, you know? yeah, we're trying to push this new thing. So, so um, the yeah, past just, is dead, buried if you must. So it's crazy because this movie made $40 million less than A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a better it's the better movie. Um, and uh, Chris is distracting me. I'm sorry. Um, fuck you, Chris. Uh, it, it's kind of crazy to think that. But, you know, I. You know, a lot of people. You know, before we before I get back to what I was saying, a lot of people do. I know they used it as a defense to defend the last Jedi, but I did a little digging and there were people that this wasn't, this, this was a, a well-received movie, but the, the general consensus was it wasn't better than a new hope. And it probably was the fact that it was a very dark movie that left on kind of a, it left on a cliffhanger, of course, but it left with, you know, everybody was kind of defeated and we didn't know what was going on with Han. So, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I have no idea what I would have thought if I saw this movie in theaters, you know, 30 uh, 41 years ago. I have no idea what I would have thought. You know, I know with a new hope, I would have been like, oh my God, that's the greatest movie of all time. Um, but who knows what any of us, you know, we love this movie, but how would we have received it 41 years ago if we saw it in the theaters? You know, you always got to think about that with any movie. Though. We're so used now to when, when, when a movie comes out, we can pretty much, we usually find out within, you know, a couple of weeks after the movie comes out whether or not it's been greenlit for a sequel. So like we're kind of in that like, like like we're in that time frame now. Like I I don't remember a time when a movie came out and we're like oh I wonder when the next one's gonna come out or if that was even an option. Yeah. So to go back even further, 1980, you know, how the hell would we have known? We, yeah. we would have had to you know, read it in the paper. Yeah. You know, and could, like, could you imagine leaving the theater? And I mean, I I don't want to I don't want to equate to, you know modern day star wars but i think i might have been potentially mad because han solo is my favorite character so maybe i would have walked out of the theater going like well what the fuck did they kill han solo for you know what i mean or whatever you know you know obviously he wasn't dead but you know what i mean though you don't we don't know that 1980 1980 we don't know what happens to his character in the next movie so i mean i i, I guess i could understand why people couldn't have been could have been upset about it. Um, let's get back here. So uh, we did the box office. We saw 181 uh, directed by Irvin Kirshner. Uh, screenplay by Lee Brackett and Lawrence Kasdan. Story by George Lucas. Produced by Gary Kurtz. Um, uh, music by John Williams. Starring. I'm going to go down to the actual cast list down here. So, uh, Mark Hamill. Harrison Ford, Terry Fisher, Billy D. Williams, Anthony Daniels, David Prowse, and James Earl Jones, of course, is both Dark Vader. Peter Mayhew, Kenny Baker, Frank Oz, and Alec McGinnis. Also, John Ratzenberger. Alec McGinnis? Did I say Alec McGinnis? Yes, you did. What was wrong with me today? Alec Guinness. Did you confuse him with Nigel McGinnis? I don't know. Because I don't think they're the same person. Uh, also, Julian Glover makes a cameo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah. So, do you want to want to roll that? Yeah, come on, Harry. Three, three years <laughs> after the destruction of the Death Star, the Imperial fleet, led by Darth Vader, dispatches probe droids across the galaxy to locate Princess Leia's Rebel Alliance. 
One probe locates the base on the ice planet Hoth. I don't know why they call it Hoth. They should call it Kolth. While investigating the probe, a Wampa captures Luke Skywalker, but he escapes using the Force and his lightsaber. Before succumbing to hypothermia, the Force spirit of Luke's deceased mentor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, instructs him to go to the swamp planet Dagobah to train as a Jedi Knight under a Jedi Master named Yoda. Han Solo discovers Luke and insulates him against the weather until they are rescued the next morning. So, um, as with every Star Wars movie, it opens up with a crawl, kind of fills us into where we are. It fills in the, the, the small gap between A New Hope and this, which basically says that the Empire is scouring the galaxy to try and find the, the, you know, the last of the Rebels because clearly they aren't happy that the Death Star was blown up in the previous film. And they're shaking their fists wildly in the air, like, oh, you crazy <laughs> kids. Get back here, you young whippersnappers. So, you know, when it, so when the movie opens up, you know, it's got, we see all the probe droids going out, and then we, you know, and then, and then we land on Hoth, the uh, the ice planet, which, as you said, uh, great set. And, uh-huh. and it, it, still look, it still looks good 41 years later. Yeah. Um, I don't think it loses anything. I don't think it loses anything in the translation of the time. No, me either. I think it still looks really good. Um, you know, and they're out. I don't know why they. I guess they were just on patrol. There was really no reason for the rebels to be out and about on Hoth if they were just hiding on the base. I mean, am I right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not. I mean, they're not looking for anything on Hoth. They're they're hiding on Hoth. Yeah. So just kind of going out and about, and just make the probe droids find you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Luke captured by the Wampa, who. Um, they used the injury of the Wampa to hide the fact that Mark Hamill got into a car accident before filming for this movie. Am I correcting? Repeat that. Um, they use the, the injuries that, that Luke got from the Wampa. They use it um, as a way to explain why he looks, why his face is different in this movie, because he got in the car accident in between, both in between the two. I movies. am. I am fairly positive that's what happened um let me see if it says anything down here um because i'm i'm fairly because you know everybody knows that you typically you know they don't film movies in order you know um so um let's see if it's on here somewhere uh I'm fairly positive that they used the injuries um, from his car accident because you could clearly tell in in Return of the Jedi he does have he does look a little different. So um, I'm not seeing anything in here. I'm just on the Wikipedia page. Yeah, but like I know I've seen something about it before. Yeah, I'm pretty sure too. I don't. I don't. I don't know for certain. So. I mean, we'll we'll put a pin in that, but I'm almost positive that's what it was. Yeah, it's it's not like I'm sitting here making something up. On no, I'm I'm fairly positive that's what it was. But yeah, Luke escapes the Wampa, and then he's out in the cold, obviously <clears throat> frozen. Uh, Obi Wan's like, "Oh, you must go to the Dagobah system and train with Yoda," and he was like, "Ah, oh, okay." And then Han finds him when he's out in the you know. Well, first off, he's in the base, and he's. He's like, oh, I have to go out and find Luke. He's like, oh, your Tauntaun will freeze. He's like, oh, I'll send you in hell. You know, classic, uh, mm-hmm. 
classic Harrison Ford stuff <clears throat> with that uh with that blue jacket. I love that jacket. I need to buy one because they do sell them. I think you should. Mm-hmm. Except I you think don't wear jackets very much. True, but, but the Star Wars, but but the Star Wars fan in me needs it. Yeah. But you'd wear that one though. You'd be like, oh, absolutely. And then uh, uh, Han finds Luke, slices open his tauntaun, and sticks Luke inside to keep. I thought him they smelled bad on the outside, and he thought they smelled bad <sighs> on the outside. To quote the uh, family, I one where Peter started breathing heavily when he was talking about how bad the tauntaun smells. Hmm. You've seen it, hmm? yeah. Alerted to the rebels' location, the Empire launches a large-scale attack using. All right, so what's the proper term for these? Are they AT-AT walkers or are they AT-AT walkers? I call them AT-AT walkers. <clears throat> so do I. But I feel like there's a lot of people in the Star Wars fandom who will uh, who will wish you death and say your kids don't deserve to live because you've pronounced these wrong. Because as you know, as as as, as loving as that fan base is, they will jump on you for any little mistake that you have ever made in your life. I call them AT-ATs, but the funny that's thing what is... I've always called them too, because that's... The, as my I call dad, them as they're spelled. As my dad calls them uh, the chicken walkers, I do call those the ATSDs. Yes. But I, I do... Because I'm not going to go aced. You know, or atst. Atst. <laughs> Should. The atst no. walker. Yeah. I mean, it really depends on, um, I guess, just how I'm talking. Sometimes I'll say ATAT. Sometimes I'll say ADA. You know what I mean? It just depends on what comes out of my mouth. Well, you know, you, what you, goes you, in. You, know you, you pronounce a certain way, then you get someone who's, uh, who's, who's 500 pounds yeah. and neckbeard who looks at you, hey, motherfuckers, called ATAT. Oh, yeah, virgin. well, I'll tell you right now, oh, you, you ain't going to fucking tell me shit. Because I ain't gonna, I'm telling you right now, you're not gonna fucking school me on Star Wars. I'll tell you right fucking now. I'll tell you. I'll punch you in your fucking throat. How about that? Oof. Did you hear that, Venom? Oof. Oof. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Empire launches a large scale attack using the Adat Walkers to capture the base, forcing the rebels to evacuate. Han and Leia escape with C-3PO and Chewbacca aboard the Millennium Falcon, but the ship's hyperdrive malfunctions. They hide in an asteroid field where Han and Leia grow closer amidst attentions. Vader summons several bounty hunters, including Boba Fett, to locate the Falcon. Uh, I absolutely love the, the the Hoth battle. Me too. I love the, it. Uh, I absolutely love it. With the <clears throat> with the snow with the snow speeders um, against the walkers and. Um, you know, them using the uh, the tow cable to trip up the big walkers so they would so they would fall over. Just clever just clever shit from the rebellion. I love it. Um so this is also- this this is what I, I wanted to bring this up. I remember thinking a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Um uh-huh. that um I I wanted to bring this up um about the Rogue Squadron movie that Patty Jenkins was gonna do. <clears throat> and I'm I'm kind of glad it got canceled because I don't trust her. But I have to correct a lot of people sometimes that, um, you know, Wedge and Zev, that was the guy who was searching for Luke and Han the, mm-hmm. the next morning. They are they're called because Wedge is rogue leader. And a lot of people think it's Luke. It's not. It, it's Wedge. Um, they're the remnants of Red Squadron from A New Hope. <clears throat> so 
if Rogue Squadron already exists in the original trilogy, unless she was going to do a movie that was a younger casted uh, crew, I was completely against that movie because Rogue Squadron should only be, you know, involving Luke and Wedge and, and like the people that we know from the original trilogy. So uh, I remember I had to correct somebody one time who was like saying that they were they were called Reg, Red, Red Leader and Red and stuff like that in, in, in Empire. And I was like, absolutely not. It's Rogue. No, I, I mean, you're talking to a guy who's seen these movies a million times. Like I, I, I can do these movies like the back of my fucking hands. You know what I mean? And here they are, you know? Yes. So um, yeah, a lot, I, I just, it irritates me when people call them because they were wrote, they were wrote, they already had established Rogue Squadron at that point. So, well, I think along with the Rogue Squadron movie being canceled, there was another movie that was canceled too. That was supposed to be, uh, it was supposed to be the one that everyone thought Cara Doom was going to be in. Mm. The show Rangers of the Republic. Yes, that was, yeah. that was, uh, that was apparently shelved as well. That's fine. Yeah, I, I mean, I, like I said, I, I they'll come up I, with another show. Yeah, they'll have something else. Yeah, I don't care about Caradine, honestly. I, I don't. I mean, not a bad character, but I don't care. Not a bad character, but definitely a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I everything on the everything on the Hoth battle I thought was great when mm-hmm. the um <laughs> when the Sith when the Empire gets to the Hoth base and they're uh, not entirely wrong breaking in. What's that? Not entirely wrong. Not entirely wrong. But um, how Han was just going to kind of peace out and be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm kind of done with your rebellion." Mm-hmm. Well, no, he had to go. He was had to go pay. Uh, he had to go pay back Jabba because he uh, ran into a bounty hunter on Or Mantel. Yeah, he's like, "I ran into a bounty hunter or Mantel that made me change my mind." So, um, so clearly, I used to know they. That, there used to be the bounty hunter that you ran into. Continue talking. Sorry, I was just taking a sip of my drink. Got some uh, Kutztown Birch beer I got from the Columbus Hill. Uh, it was score. That's who it was. Yeah. So then, obviously, after the Empire um, invades the Hoth base, they're like, all right, fuck it, let's just go. So he brings all, he brings a uh, Lay it with him, obviously, and C-3PO just kind of tags along because he's the last of the main cast. You can't just leave him on half. Should have. I would. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, come on, Goldie, you'll be a permanent or be a permanent resident. And he kind of jumps all over on the uh, um, on the explanation here, but then it immediately talks how they're how they're running from the Star Destroyers and they hide in the asteroid field, uh-huh. which that really doesn't happen until a little bit later on. But because yeah. there's so much happening at the same time, they have to break it down between what what Luke and R two are doing and what the rest of the cast are doing. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. I mean, that's right because I mean, it, it already mentions the bounty hunter meeting that has Boba Fett, uh, Zukas, IG eighty eight, Bosk, and Raggedy Andy. Get the fuck out of my bounty hunter movie. <laughs> I'm Raggedy Andy. Four Lom and then fucking that piece of shit Dengar. Dengar doesn't exist in my movie. Uh-huh. No, no, not on my book. Uh-uh. No, sir. Meanwhile, Luke travels with the R2-D2 in his X-Wing fighter to Dagobah, where he... Thanks. <laughs> He meets Yoda, a, a diminutive creature who reluctantly accepts Luke as his Jedi apprentice after conferring with Obi-Wan's spirit. 
Evading the Imperial fleet, Han's group travels to the floating cloud city on the planet Bespin, which is governed by his old friend and smoothest man in the universe, Lando Calrissian. Fett tracks them to the city, and Vader forces Lando to surrender the group to the Empire, knowing Luke will come to their aid. Luke experiences a premonition of Han and Leia in pain, and despite Obi-Wan and Yoda's protestations, abandons his training to rescue them. So, I am wondering, why are you here? (laughs) Mine, mine, mine! (laughs) No, no! I used to feel the Yoda pretty good. (laughs) I, I will say, you know, because I'm actually currently rewatching all the movies. Um, and I'm gonna rewatch the Mandalorian. I'm just in a little bit of it's you know what it is. I get into a really big Star Wars kick around this time of year. Um, for some reason, it's just you know, so uh I definitely don't like Yoda's voice from this prequel trilogy. I will say that he, it's way too much backwards talking. It's like he constantly lives in the black lodge. Um <laughs> <laughs> well, don't forget, this Yoda has been in hiding for 30 years on Dagobah where nobody else talks. No, so. I mean, I mean, in the, in the prequels, in the if you watch this movie and Return of the Jedi, it not, it, not every sentence is, is him talking backwards. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it was like in the prequels, George Lucas was like, hey, everybody, everybody loved Yoda talking backwards. So everything's going to be backwards. You know, around the perimeter, or or was around the survivors of perimeter create. It's like, he, yeah, he, not everything is backwards talk with Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely maybe prefer gonna, maybe Yoda. It's gonna reve- maybe it's gonna be revealed later that Yoda was just backwards talking just to piss off the other members of the Jedi Council. <laughs> he's like, this is gonna drive him nuts. Yeah. Then when he's then when he's by him, then he's by himself, he's just like, oh, thank God, I can speak with oh, a person. Who wants to hear a funny ass joke? He's like, oh, my dogs are barking. It kicks off his shoes. <laughs> he wasn't wearing shoes. No, he kicks off the, his feet that everyone thinks that are shoes, and he just has normal human feet underneath. The- yeah. <laughs> like, but he's still that size, just yeah, like <laughs> regular size people feet. Like when they, uh, did you ever see the meme of uh, Toucan Sam taking off his uh, beak? He's like, oh, what a day. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a human face underneath. <laughs> but uh, no, I am. Um, so. You know, going back because I think we we diverted a little bit. Um, oh, you don't say. Yeah, <laughs> we don't do that. I mean, I I really love the asteroid field battle. I mean, that is, and, and just well, just everything with between them, like ex, you know, doing the escape through the asteroid field, and that's just fantastic, fantastic effects. And then where it shows how good of a pilot Han really is. He's the best pilot in the galaxy. When he's he's like, oh, I'm going to uh, divert all power to the front, uh, the, fr- the front shields, and he. Mm-hmm like goes into attack formation against the thing, uh, the Star Destroyer to kind of throw them off. And then he just magnetizes against the back of it out of the radar range. Yeah. Cause because Han, I mean, not because of the movie solo. I mean, I don't hate the movie solo, but Han was always his backstory. He was always a former Imperial cadet. So he, he knows the procedures of the, you know, the empire, which is why he knows that they dump their garbage before they go into hyperspace. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, um, I mean, it's, I love it. Just, it's obviously the overall confidence or the cockiness of Han. Like, when you're going to the Astro Field, and then C3PO is like, you can't go in the Astro Field. The odds of going through Astro Field are never tell me the odds. Never tell me the odds. Han's like, fuck your odds. Yeah. But you know what it also shows? It also shows how great of a bounty hunter Boba Fett is. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it, it's like Boba Fett was leaps and bounds better than 
anybody else there. Yeah. It was like the Tampa Bay Bucks and every other bounty hunter was part of the uh was part of the Lions D line. Yeah. But um and we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to the best and part of it. Andy. <laughs> we'll get to the best and, part of it because it Boba knew that where Han was and he was just lying in wait for him in the slave in, in the slave one. What's that ship called? The slave one. Slave one. Yep. True. I'm gonna say it. it's always gonna be slave one to me. Yeah. I'm not so. I don't subscribe to this. Uh, I don't know what are they calling it. Crossfire. You'll get caught up in lock. They call it the fire spray, but that's the type of ship it is. Yeah. But the thing that's is, like, it, that's the, like the, calling your X-Wing X-Wing. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that, the thing is, uh, I'll pull it up real fast. The slave one, the slave part of it was an acronym. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a modified uh, fire spray 31 model. And I know that I know the slave part is a uh, man. I know it means it's an acronym for something. Anyway, I'll find it while we talk. Okay, all right. Uh, I was gonna I was gonna make a mention to. I mean, I've already talked about how how good Hoth looked, and I was gonna make a mention to how good Dagobah looks also. But I I really can't because I'm gonna end up saying the same things about Cloud City and everything inside there as well. All these set pieces are fantastically made like hoth dagobah mm-hmm. cloud city everything inside like the, the the underground parts where luke and and uh and darth vader were having their lights about every set piece just looks amazing and they did this in 1980 or or, or, or 79 at the very least released in 1980 yeah 78 79 i mean this is without you know i mean there's probably some green screen mm-hmm. but there was no um over dependence on it mm-hmm. like there is now yeah but it's true. It, it everything looked everything just looked amazing uh i think the dagobah set is actually my favorite set i, I enjoy like that it swamp. is a good set i enjoy like that 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 swamp look and and yoda's little little hut his little mm-hmm. uh his little yurt that he lives in there that is um i believe it's hinted to in revenge of the sith that um his his spaceship was used to build he used the parts of his spaceship to build his hut to build his yurt he has yurt i'm assuming it's a yurt it's like something a hippie would live in nowadays to be, to live off the uh oh i'm gonna live off the land all right thanks yoda yoda yeah. didn't live off the land um yeah i can't find it i know there's an i know it was it used to be an acronym though but oh well no, nah, maybe maybe they got rid of the acronym so they could say this, the the ship's name was offensive. Probably. It's, listen, if you go to the Wikipedia page, yeah, I said Wikipedia. Um, it still says it's called Slave One. There's nothing here, even on the canon, because you know, there's, there's two tabs: there's canon and legends. Um, it's it's still considered Slave One. So until I hear it called. The fire spray in the Book of Boba Fett, or anything like that, it's going to be slave one to me. But even then, it's it's gonna, it's just going to feel forced, unless they go, "Oh, is that ship a fire spray?" And he's like, "Yeah." Um, yeah. So as we as we talked about with Han using the uh, like the magnetic claw to hook on mm-hmm. the back of the star destroyer, and it's like, "Oh, they're going to dump out all the trash, and we'll just drift away." And then Boba Fett was hiding amongst the trash. Yeah. And follows him to Cloud City, where uh-huh. the old pirate Lando Calrissian, 
who comes out to greet his old buddy and immediately starts giving the business. You got a lot of nerve showing your face here after what you after that stunt you pulled. Huh, okay. me? And then immediately switches switches the charm on. It's like, oh, hello, what have we here? When he sees Leia. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm Linda Carizian. I'm the uh, I'm the chief operator here at the station. It's like, oh, come on, let me show you my bed. Where I'm the proprietor of this delicatessen. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I'm here for it. It's a cat. Uh-huh. Um, and we don't we don't know how. I mean, I wonder. Considering how I wonder how long it took them to get to Cloud City because uh, Vader and them got there a hell of a lot quicker. Yeah, because they also didn't have they didn't have the hyperdrive, so yeah. it does take longer. See, and this is why this is when people now this is where I will uh, not attack, but I, this is where I will get defensive. Everybody's always like, "Well, we don't know how long Luke was on Dagobah training with Yoda," because there was the whole argument that Ray is a Mary Sue from the sequel trilogy. But it's clear that a good substantial amount of time passes through this entire movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And especially because they don't have, I mean, he was a nearby system. That's why they went there. But um, it's its just clear in general, as a general thing, I want to say that it's clear that a substantial amount of time goes by, um, you know, in this movie. So... Plus, Dagobah's on the outer rim, so uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, depending where Bespin is, I mean, I know they, you know, they, I know they've been trying to keep the Empire out of there, but Bespin could be part of the Republic. So if that's you know, th- that's how it's going to be a lot further away than what Dagobah is, uh-huh. and um, X wings are only going to fly so far. Well, they got they got a they got a hyper hyperspeed or light speed. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, but the planet. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Lando's you know buttering him up and everything, and you know it's, it's like oh, I got it's, it's like oh, I've been trying to keep the empire out of here, but the, you know I have a but you know I've just secured a deal to keep the empire out of here for good. And then they open the doors, and Vader is just calmly waiting at the table with his uh, side salad and water. It's like oh, I'm pleased you're. I've been waiting for you to join us. And then Boba Fett just kind of saunters in from like out of the frame of the camera. It's like, ha remember me? I caught you. you so know? Bespin Cloud City is uh, like you have the, the core planets, Coruscant, Alderaan, and Corellia. Mm-hmm. And then they're like on the next, like they're like on the inner rim. It, it's, it's Cloud mm-hmm. City, but, you know, Bespin. All right. So. Okay, but like, but but Dagobah is obviously on the outer rim. That's why Yoda was able to hide there for. Oh uh, yeah, it's pushing towards the outer rim. Yeah, yeah. But wasn't also revealed that Dagobah was uh, very strong with uh, Sith energy, and that's well, why they- it, it was clouded by the dark side. That's why Yoda yeah. went there, so it would hide his. He would he could hide there. Yeah. You know. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, and then Luke's going through all the training. And, you know, learning how to levitate rocks and doing flips with uh, Yoda on his back and then finally gets that, you know, the premonition of Han and Leia in trouble. And then he's got to, you know, he's got to go. Mm-hmm. But then we see Force Ghost Obi-Wan show up. He's like, no, you shouldn't. You should heed Yoda's advice and continue your training. He doesn't see he doesn't sit on the log because he's tired here. Right. Yeah. That's in the that happens in Jedi. Yeah. But 
Oh, by the way, did... Hoth is on the outer rim. So, oh. <laughs> um, but also we get here our first little cliffhanger that in 1980 we all kind of probably would have been scratching our heads at mm-hmm. when Luke flies away in the X-wing, when Obi Wan's like. You know that boy was our last hope, and then Yoda's like, "No, there is another." Uh-huh. And then we don't cut back to that. It's like, I mean, we obviously know who it is, uh-huh. but in 1980, nobody knew. Yeah, was it Han? Was it Leia? Was there yeah. another one that we're not thinking of? You know, we it, who knows? Uh-huh. Nobody knew. And you know, there. I think people need to um, remember some things too that. Leia was not originally supposed to be um Leia was not supposed to be uh Luke's sister. Um the original ending I know that Lucas wanted for this movie or for the for the saga the trilogy was Luke going Luke was not going to rejoin with um uh um, you know, the group at the end, the celebration, right. he was going to go off and try to find his sister. So much like how Vader was not originally planned to be Luke's father. Um, I don't think a lot of people noticed that originally the original line of dialogue from what I remember them talking about that instead of going, no, I am your father. He, Vader was supposed to say, no, Obi-Wan killed your father. Mm. And that's where like that was supposed to be the, the, the reveal. That's why if you watch A New Hope, and it still works. It still works. Um, but when they're in the hut and he, after he gives him the uh, he's talking about his father, he gives him that look like, oh, fuck, I can answer this question. Like it works because you're like, oh, well, they're covering up the fact that he, Darth Vader is his father. But originally it was like, oh, fuck, because he's covering the fact that he killed his father. So that was it was the original plan. Huh. Fantastic. Oh, give me one second. I got to do a. Oh, George is coughing. I had to burp, so mm. I, had to, I had to get rid of that. There's a lot because there's a lot to go through here. Yeah. Leia confesses her love for Han, and he knows, before Vader freezes him in carbonite to test if the process will safely imprison Luke. Han survives and is given to, to Fett, who intends to collect his bounty from Jabba the Hutt. Lando frees Leia and Chewbacca, but they are too late to stop Fett's escape. The group fights its way back to the Falcon and flees the city. Luke arrives and engages Vader in a lightsaber late lightsaber duel over the city's central air shaft. Lightsaber. Vader over what's that? Lightsaber. Lightsaber. Vader over, overwhelms Luke, severing his right hand, separating him from his lightsaber. He urges Luke to embrace the power of the dark side of the force and help him destroy his master, Emperor Palpatine. Good old Sheev. So they may rule the galaxy together. Luke refuses, citing Obi-Wan's claim that Vader killed his father, prompting Luke to reveal, dun-dun-dun, that he is Luke's father. Desperate, Luke drops into the air shaft and is ejected beneath the floating city, latching onto an antenna. He reaches out through the force to Leia, and the Falcon returns to rescue him. TIE fighters pursue the group, which is almost captured by Vader's Star Destroyer, until R2-D2 reactivates the Falcon's hyperdrive, allowing them to escape. So, the... So Lando, so, so Lando's people did fix the hyperdrive on the Falcon. It's just Vader's people went back in and deactivated it. Yep. So Lando was right. He he did fix the hyperdrive. 
because he he had he because his people did it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. because because the whole plan was for them to because you know, Lando didn't you know, realize that the plan was going to be altered because he thought that they were just going to use them to Laura and Luke and then they'd be able to kind of go on their own merry way. Yeah. Until you know, mm. I've altered the agreement. Make pray I don't, I don't alter, alter it further. Um. So the what I wanted to bring up about Boba Fett and on here on Bespin is for one, you hear his spurs when he's walking, mm-hmm. and two, um. If you look carefully, when Luke finally shows up and they're pushing uh, Han to the Slave One, um, when uh, he Luke walks up and leans against the the, uh, the wall, you and he watches Boba Fett walk by. You you see Boba Fett look over at him. Yeah, because in in Boba Fett's helmet he has um, like a a device that he can hear like like ridiculously he can hear everything in his helmet when his helmet's on. So it's like mass amplification. So he heard he that's why he was able to turn around and, sh- and fire at Luke because he knew he was there. Mm-hmm. So I mean, further proof why he's the best bounty hunter in the world in the galaxy. Like the best and the, uh, and the greatest. I never under, I really never understood the, um, until I've started learning more about Boba Fett, I never understood the, the, I never understood the love that people had for him. Mm. I'm like, he doesn't do much. Hey, he captured Han. And then in, uh, in Jedi, he's around for about a cup of coffee before he gets eaten in the Sarlacc. He's no good to me dead. Um, but like learning more and like those little things like that, like the little tidbit that he's got like an amplifier in his helmet that he can hear everything around him mm. uh, much, you know, much clearly or, or much more clearly um it further goes all right like i understand like i understand why people say boba fett is the best because he's he's basically prepared for every for, for every situation like he's got an answer for everything which shows why he is the best obviously you know he's a clone of Django, who was also the best mm, so he got until decapitated he, until he got motherfuckered yeah. <laughs> um so I got a question for you since we're all, we're on this topic right now. Um, yep, and of yeah. course, this was one of the things that Lucas went back and changed um, <clears throat> in the special editions, which is, um, did you watch this before we, before today? Or did you already, like, I already know everything. I mean, I knew everything. I, I, I went back and watched a couple of things on YouTube that I was a little shaky on. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I went back and rewatch mm-hmm. and like reread the crawl. Mm-hmm. Cause typically I kind of tune out the crawl, nothing against it, but it's yeah. just, it's there. And when you, and, Maybe you've seen the movie so many times and you just, there's no need for it. Yeah. But what do you got um, for me? So what do you, what are your, because clearly I watch, when I watch the original trilogy, I watch my despecialized versions. Mm-hmm. Um, now I will put this, I will put the version of like the, I guess the version, the readily available version of Empire, because that's the one he made the least changes to. So I will watch that on occasion because I don't mind the changes that he made in Empire. Um, you know, I, I like the fact that he brought in Paul, you know, uh, Ian McDermott. They, you know, it's continuity reasons. You know, I know why he did some of the stuff. So what do you do? Are you OK with the fact that he used Tamar Morrison, his voice to replace the original voice of Jason Wintergreen? I'm fine with it. I I'm like, I'm OK with it because I like Tamar Morrison and Tamora is. You know, he's Boba Fett now. I mean, un, you know, unfortunately, you know, Jeremy Bullock is has passed away um, and he wasn't going to be, bo- you know, Boba Fett at set in his late 70s. You know what I mean? Like it just wasn't going to happen. You know, no. um, I mean, personally, I, I 
I mean, listen, I love Tamora Morrison. I I think Daniel Logan. Dan, what was his name? Daniel, Daniel Logan. Logan. He he's actually the right age that Boba Fett is at that time period, and I think he probably is the one who should have they should have got to play him. But Tamora Morrison is such a fucking badass and never ages. It's just kind of makes sense, you know. Um, so like there's a, there's a part of me that's you know because I grew up listening to you know Jason because it was Jason Wintergreen who did uh um the voice. So he's just like oh uh you know he's worth a lot to me. You know he's got that like really kind of sinister like 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 smarmy voice. You know, so it's like it it does suck not hearing that voice anymore. You know, um, but at the same time I'm I'm perfectly fine with Tamora Morrison's voice being used. You know. Yeah, so, I'm fine. With, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't. No it doesn't bother did. me. Like, it doesn't bother me like the way it would probably bother some other people. Like, I mean, it, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, I have no, I have no, uh, I have no qualms with Tamar Morrison. So, I'm sorry, Jason Wingreen, not Wintergreen. <laughs> I was close though. No, he was there. He was almost yeah. there. Oh my god. He was. Uh, you may know Jason Wingreen, George, from the bartender from All in the Family. Oh, thanks. I mean that 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 clears that clears literally everything up. I figured. Um, I figured this whole time I was confused. I had no idea. I'm like, oh my god, like, what do I know this guy from? Turns out he was a he, he was a bartender. You alright? Um. Yeah. So. This lightsaber battle between Vader and Luke, where do you He's rate worth it? a lot to me? Okay, all right. Sorry. <laughs> Jason Wingreen. Maybe you're Jason Wintergreen. That's going to be your new name. All right. <laughs> and Chris can be juicy for, for obvious reasons. Bitch. <laughs> 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 I'll be big red because I have red hair. Okay. No, you don't. Uh, our listeners don't know this. Okay. <laughs> the ones that don't know us at the very least so all of them yeah except for chris yeah um where do you rate this lightsaber battle between uh <clears throat> darth vadre and luke ski weaker luke star killer um it um it's number three for me Behind, I mean, I can... it's behind Luke and Vader's battle in Return of the Jedi, and Obi Wan, Qui Gon, and Darth Maul's from Phantom Menace. Yeah, I mean, uh, Obi Wan, Qui Gon, Darth Maul is number one for me. I yeah. think I like this one a little better than um, than the than the Jedi fight because mm. it's kind of you know like like Luke's this scrappy, you know he's full of piss and vinegar and he's going to prove himself and he's going to take out Vader, you know, right here and now. Um, and then Vader just the whole way. is just like, stop. stop. I think like, I like, think, like for a while, Vader was just, was just holding the lightsaber with one hand. I think for me, the reason why I put the Jedi one above it, I mean, clearly because it's, it's Jedi Knight Luke clad in black with the, with the green lightsaber. Um, but it, there's a lot behind that fight. You know what I mean? This, this is the fight for the galaxy right here. This is, if Luke, if Luke doesn't win this fight, that that's it. This is it. You know what I mean? This is, this is the end right here. It doesn't matter what's going on anywhere else, you know? Um, so, but I, the atmosphere of this fight is great though. Cause it's just, just, but, it's Vader toying with him 90% of the time. 
Yeah. I mean, the, the, um, like I know even on, even on the, even on the Death Star 2, it was still, um, kind of like a darker background. Mm. But on this, the red and the blue from the lightsabers, they just pop off the screen. They really do pop. Yeah. And when Vader and Luke are up on like the top of the steps, mm-hmm. uh, like like towards the beginning, and the lightsabers going, really you just see their silhouette yeah. and the and, and the lightsabers. And I think that's a really great shot. I agree. I agree. I think that looks really good. But yeah, the whole but as you said, the whole laser fight was just Vader just toying with them the entire time. Mm-hmm. I mean, r- right up until Luke like got a hit on him, and then he's like, "All he's right, like, I'm gonna take his fucking." Hand he makes now. that fucking like, he makes that yeah. random noise. Yeah. He should have screamed at him like, are right, you a little prick? You want to play? You want to get nuts? Play, pal? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Chris. You want to get nuts? That's right. Um, And then Vader revealing that he is Luke's father. Mm-hmm. One of the, I mean, I, I say it all the time, always in some sort of joking fashion, but that is one of the biggest moments in movie history. Yeah, it really is. Like, I mean, you know, uh, Dorothy stepping out of the house uh, into Oz from the sepia tone to the Technicolor, um, the DeLorean's first time travel, uh, the first time it goes back in time, Indy, Indiana Jones, you know, walking into the screen and then, you know, just the I am your father and all of that. Because, like, I mean, we were, by the time we saw this, we pretty much already knew. For that point, because I mean, it was, I mean, I saw this movie probably 15 years after it came out. So there were, you know, mm. there was no spoilers. Plus, I also read it in a book beforehand. So sure it was I a book. Knew. Are you sure it wasn't nothing? No, nah, it was a book. It was like a little, like, 15 page book that had pictures. So you, set me, you set me up for that. Yeah. Had I know. To, you know? yeah. Um, so I already knew. So I didn't, I kind of regret not getting that oh shit feeling, mm. you know, from a, for, from a big reveal and there really hasn't been anything in any movies that have come out within recent memory that made me go oh, like oh shit because yeah. you, you can't keep anything a secret anymore it's I mean, hard to always, yeah there's always somebody who's going to be out there trying to spoil something for somebody uh-huh. it's usually us yeah we're bad for mad enough but. yeah um then Luke just kind of falls into the air shaft, mm-hmm. ends up ends up hanging on the hangar, mm-hmm. um, and then somehow I, his lightsaber ends up in the hands of Maz Kanata. Yeah, with we'll, no explanation. We'll never know why. Nope. We'll also never know why that why that lightsaber was calling to Ray when she was a Palpatine. Thanks, JJ Abrams. I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, if she's a Palpatine, why was the lightsaber. First of all, why was the lightsaber calling to her, and why was Obi Wan's voice calling to her? To me, it just didn't make uh, any sense. I blame J.J. Abrams, not to get on a rant, but it would have been really easy to just kind of tie everything up in a nice bow, and he decided to completely ignore Episode Eight and a lot of Episode Seven, which is a movie he made. Yeah. <laughs> That fucking piece of shit. So it was like he forgot. It wouldn't have been that hard. It was like he forgot he did that movie. Yeah, he was like, oh yeah, I've already. Oh yeah, I forgot I directed the highest domestic grossing movie in the history of Hollywood, which is true. 
which is true. The Force Awakens is the highest grossing movie in domestically in Hollywood in history. Aboard the Rebel fleet, a robotic prosthesis replaces Luke's hand. He, Leia, C-3PO, and R2-D2 observe as Lando in Han's clothing yeah. <laughs> and Chewbacca depart on the Falcon to find Han. So maybe Lando just didn't have any clothes with him, or maybe they were Lando's beforehand and Han's just like, I need clothes. Because it yeah, was Lando's ship. I, I think it's it's possible, but at the same time, I think it was kind of the fact that like, like Lando just left. You know what I mean? So he had nothing with him. So it was probably just like, I need something to wear, you know, for now, you know, and I'm, he, Lando is too smooth to put on a, uh, you know, just some, you know, hospital gown, you know, but. You know. Because we all know that, that uh, the Millennium Falcon is just littered with hospital gowns. Well, he could have gotten it from the medical frigate, but. Well, to be fair, he probably he he probably took um, he probably took Han's clothes because Han threw out all of his capes from the cape closet. Mm-hmm. He's like, "This son of a bitch threw out all my capes, so I'm wearing his clothes, and I'm <laughs> not gonna wear underwear, him, so I'm gonna be dick printing all over him." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's Lando, so it's probably down to his knees. Mm-hmm. Someone must have heard about his battle, uh, his maneuver at the battle, battle of Tanab. <laughs> that was the maneuver he was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing was just about him was about was about him bringing and Han. Han Solo's clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just Lando picking up checks on Han's clothes. Yep. He calls so. it the old twofer. <laughs> so um so that's it. That's it. Empire strikes back, everybody. It's uh one of you know it, it, now everybody if you want to listen to sort of a companion i guess you could say to this uh the three of us you know chris included uh we just uh did uh not this past episode the episode before that we ranked our star we actually sat down and ranked the star wars films i know george and i kind of whimmed it back in march but this was an actual like ranking so if you want to check i mean well, all three of us had empire at the top of the list i mean how could you not it's 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 such a phenomenal film um full of twists and turns and bips and pops and boops and all that stuff yeah and a lot of and a lot of chris uh bash on the prequel trilogy for no reason and praising the rise of skywalker i i like the fact that it i think it's funny and chris i'm not taking a shot at you uh at all no 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 i think it's funny that he had the rise of skywalker above all of the prequels and then watched the rise of skywalker again and was like this is the worst movie of the franchise it's like yeah dude I, I'm not talking out of my ass. <laughs> yeah. I can understand people not liking the prequels, but like the rise of Skywalker is unwatchable, unwatchable. I mean, like I said, like, yeah, the prequels aren't perfect, but at least <laughs> it's one coherent story Yeah, that, you know, goes along with the movies that come after it. Yeah. You know, that's what happens when you have one unified vision, not when you have, J.J. Abrams coming in with his vision, Ryan Johnson coming in with his vision, and Colin Trevorrow coming in with his vision, and then telling Colin Trevorrow, your stuff isn't good. Let's bring back J.J. Abrams. Well, no, they... they, they J.J. Abrams showed up, and he's like, guys, I got three mystery boxes in yeah. my bag. Can I use well, all of them? Colin wanted to tie the first, you know, seven, eight together. Like, they were... This was... His movie was very much a sequel to those two films. Um, Yeah, they're... You know, and of course, we're, we're diverging for just a quick second, but those there was no overall plan for the sequels but if you do 
even if you're not a fan of seven and eight or you know you're a fan of seven and not eight or whatever eight does kind of work as a pretty decent sequel to the force awakens um you know i'm not i don't love all the decisions in it but like the rise of skywalker just comes along and it's just like we're, it's like a standalone movie almost like it just it literally has like no ties to the two previous movies except for the fact that luke is dead <laughs> like that's that's literally it like it just doesn't yeah. make any sense like um but like yeah i mean and you know people the, the cool thing is people like to be like well lucas didn't have a plan for the originals he had an overall vision that he wanted to tell the plans always change and evolve he it was but he all he always had an overall vision you know if i'm going to write a movie right now let's say i wrote a trilogy right now I guarantee you by the time I got to filming that last movie, it would not be that original vision that I had. No, but it would at least follow some sort of blueprint framework. Yeah. That the, that would tie the other movies together. And that Mm -hmm. was, and and that's what the problem with the, uh, with the sequels is, is that Mm -hmm. those movies don't, they're just a narrative mess. Regardless if you like any of them or don't like any of them, think even people that like them, can can admit that overall the trilogy is just a narrative mess but anyway we'll get that that's on a later show we, we, you know we'll talk about that yeah we'll get that when like we that. decide to talk it's, about the sequel we'll yeah. probably do that on big geek energy and that yeah for sure for sure we've already talked about breaking down like the sequel trilogy discussion is going to be more of like uh you know a little bit of that and then more or less the future of star wars but um but anyway let's get back to this so george what do you what's your favorite scene in the movie uh, my favorite scene is the lightsaber battle. Mm. Um, I, I probably would say it, it, it's the same as well. No, I actually feel this so good though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd have to go with the lightsaber battle. I mean, it's it, right. It's, it, yeah, it, it's, it's right up to when Luke shows up um, for the lightsaber battle and when he falls down the shaft. Like everything with that with that story between the two of them. You know, not including the times it cuts away to Lando and Leia doing stuff, um, mm. Escape from Cloud City, but everything involving the two of them just kind of going back and forth. It's, you know, we're, and, and we're seeing more of Vader's power that we didn't know he had. Yeah. So, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of with what he can do with the force. Yeah. So it was. Um, I did it, like, fantastic. my favorite scene is actually when Chewie is rebuilding 3PO. And he turns in morning. He's like, he's like, and he's jibber jabbering. <laughs> it's just the noises that are coming out of him. Those are the original lyrics for Yub Nub. Yeah, yeah. They're just sped up. That's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I although C three PO was although C three PO was extremely irritating in this movie when he's just like, it's like Chewbacca, turn around. I can't see. It's like, oh, he's protecting the carbonite. He'll be, he'll be. It's like he'll, he'll be real safe. It's like that's not the point. Three PO. Mm-hmm. Why does it happen, you child? Yeah, yeah idiot. Um, he's like, oh, well, at least he's safe. Um. I don't know, man. I, I really like the Battle of Hoth. It, it's hard to pick. This movie's fucking perfect. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't even have to ask because it's. I mean, for me, it's a ten out of ten. For you, all, sure it's, it's a ten. I mean, the the original trilogy is all ten out of tens. I know I gave a new hope a ten out of ten. Spoiler: When we get to Return of the Jedi, that's a ten out of ten too. So, um, that's you know, a ten. Good soup. <laughs> it's good soup. Um, but uh, yeah, so you know, I wanted to uh, bring up these a little bit of. Uh, why am I in Archie Bunker's place? Oh, Jason Wingreen was in it. <laughs> um, 
I wanted to get down to welcome. Um, where was it? I, I saw it. Um, so, uh, where was it? There's a couple of things I want to, I want to, uh, read. Uh, where was it though? Yes. Sorry, guys. Give me a sec. Give me a second, everybody. Um, Give him a second. He's reading. I hate Kevin. I hate this mouse like computer so much. Our right, heroes. So James Earl Jones um, declined official credit because he considered himself special effects to Prowse's actual performance of Vader. Did and, he really? Yeah. And you know, that's. I mean, you got to think about it, though. Everybody cut you ever. I think I think that's a real dis. Not this. I think it's a real disservice to to David Prowse because I think people overlook the fact that not only is is obviously the voice of James Earl Jones is the voice of Darth Vader, but the physical presence of David Prowse is very much Darth Vader. You know what I mean? I th- yeah. it's it's very much. It's almost, if not more important than the voice, just David Prowse's physical, just uh, what's the, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, his his imposing stature as Vader, I think, is is it as important, if not more important, than the actual voice of Dar- of, of James Earl Jones. And it's a real shame that uh, he did not bring Lucas did not bring him back to wear the costume again in. Revenge of the Sith, because um, I don't believe he was walking with the cane at that time. So I believe he, he you know, he could have probably worn it. Would have been a nice little continuity thing, you know. Um, maybe he felt he owed something to uh, to Hayden to let him be in the suit. Maybe I mean I was fine with that too, and I, and I, you know, um, but I think uh, I think an opposing imposing person like David Prowse, I do think was sorely missed in like Rogue One. I mean. Um, I, the two guys that played Vader in Rogue One, I don't think did a terrible job, but at the same time, I think uh, if you're if Vader is going to keep popping up, it should be one person. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be you shouldn't just have like stuntmen in the suit. Like you should take it with pride um, and actually be like like with uh, with Chewbacca. It, it was you know uh, Peter Mayhew played him in Revenge of the Sith, and then of course the three original trilogy movies and in the the, the holiday special um, and Jonas. I can't. I can't pronounce his Jonas last name. Sunderland? is that his name? Sutopo. I don't know. He, the, uh, the Finland actor. He's <laughs> played him. He played him in Solo, and he played him. He was the he was the body double for Peter Mayhew in The Force Awakens, and then Peter retired from the role after The Force Awakens because he, he's had trouble walking. You know, seven feet tall. So he took up. You know, he you know, that guy played him in the other. So it's like I think you should. There really should be somebody if Vader is going to continue, like start to pop up here and there as they more they explore that post Revenge of the Sith era. I think you should just find somebody, uh, you know, even if it's just Hayden. I mean, Hayden's a tall guy, you know, just put him in the suit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? If it's, you know, why not? You know, uh, the unfortunate thing is eventually you're probably going to have to replace James Earl Jones because um, he he's getting up there in age. I mean, yeah. so. I mean, James Earl Jones is like 90 this year. Yeah. 
and his vo- unfortunately his voice does not sound the same either you can you can clearly tell in rogue one that he's i mean he's he's an older guy you know i mean and sean connery didn't sound the same when he was older either so no. but um james, I, I, J- james Earl jones is gonna be 91 in january wow what a what a legend mm. what a fucking legend but um yeah so I, I thought that was pretty interesting to uh to hear that um that he actually declined to be credited as as Darth Vader. And I, I wish David Prowse would get more. I mean, unfortunately, he passed away, but, um, you know, it's I think people need to put a little more respect on David Prowse's name. It's crazy to think about before we start to wind down, because um, I'm pretty sure you don't have a dislike, uh, a least favorite scene in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, me and do I. It's kind of crazy to think about if you watch these movies, the original trilogy. Um, unfortunately, how much of these characters and these these actors and actresses of these characters have actually passed on? If you think yeah. about it, I mean, Billy D, Mark Hamill, um, Anthony Daniels, and Harrison Ford, I believe, are the only ones left of of. I guess. Um. Uh. Oh God, who played Wedge? Um. Dennis Lawson. Dennis Lawson is still alive too, but a lot of them have passed away. Yeah, and it's it's kind I mean, of heartbreaking well, to think about that. I mean, the franchise itself. I mean, the first movie was in the seventy was in seventy seven. Yeah. So that's what forty four years. Yeah. Since the first movie came out, I mean, it's, it's a lot of time has passed since then. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, much like the James Bond franchise too. You know, I mean, is outside of like uh, the woman who played Fiona Viope. Mm-hmm. Is there really many of those early actors and actresses still alive from the early Bond films? You know what I mean? Yeah, a Ursula lot of them. Anderson. I think Ursula Oh, I Anderson. forgot she was still alive. Yeah. I think Ursula Anders is the only one still alive from Doctor No. Yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot Maybe about some Ursula. players, but of like actual like members of the cast. Yeah. yeah. It's just a shame to think about, it, you know, like because Peter Mayhew passed away. Uh, uh, Jeremy Bullock passed away. David Prowse has passed away. Kenny Baker passed away. Um, Carrie Fisher's passed away. You know, it's like the a lot of the big names from the uh, from the world of the original trilogy have gone. So it's, it's just a shame. Frank, it's a shame. To think and Frank that. Oz is still alive too. Yeah, that's, that's true. Zero. And he did reprise the role as Yoda in the Last Jedi, which I thought was cool because they could have gotten anybody to do that voice. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. you, you could. I mean, you can get anybody can do a Yoda impression, but it's one thing to bring in like the voice of Yoda. Mm-hmm. Frank mm-hmm. God, Frank Oz doesn't have to try to do that voice. I mean. Mm-hmm. it's I, that's like second nature to him. All of his voices, really, like his his Miss Piggy is still on. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see them do a Muppet Star Wars where Kermit plays Yoda. Not new Kermit though. Not hey guys, yeah. it's Kermit the Frog. How's it going? Like, we're at the point now where we got weird sounding Muppets from Family Guy. No, well, they sh- no, no. They should do. Um, they should do a Muppet Star Wars, but keep Yoda the same now. <laughs> Based technically a Muppet. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but anyway, I think it's time we can, I think we can wind this, dwindle this down, what you think? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so anyway, love this movie. Um, we've had a hundred great episodes. I, I felt this movie, it kind of just worked out this way that this movie was episode 100. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I think next week starts our, our Christmas uh, or holidays, you know, because yeah, Christmas, fuck that, whatever. Um, our Christmas movies and um, powering on, you know, it's a holiday, it's the holiday season. Damn, hoop de doo, dickery doc. Don't forget, 
to hang, hang up your clock or sock, whatever. You hang up yeah, the clock, George. The clock. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, so yeah, yeah. I gotta take my clock out of storage. Hang it. <laughs> it only so, works um, in December. Yeah. Um. So, but thanks, thanks for all the support, everybody. Um, except for you, Chris. Um. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. So, uh, yeah. you know, I've been Dean Holtzapple. I'm still George Rogers, and we'll see you for the next hundred episodes in the multiverse. <laughs>